Hi, everybody. Uh, it's nice to be here. My name is Jennifer Aikens, and I don't know uh, if any of you know who I am, but hopefully you do. I am the senior writer and editor at 444. And uh, I've been there, let's see, I think this is my fifth season. And I work mainly in a redraft capacity. We kind of have it sectioned off that way. So I do uh, several streaming articles. I do the tight end streaming articles and I do kicker streaming article. Um, I also write a column called the Deadweight Report um, that comes out every Tuesday morning, which has you know all the players that, that I feel that are droppable that week. Uh, and then I also do a, a weekly pick'em and survivor pool kind of thing uh, that comes out on Wednesdays. So that is pretty much what I do there. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be here and answer some different questions from you guys and see what's going on. Uh, let's see. I guess I can get right into it. I don't know if you guys want to know anything else about me in my, in my life, but I do live in Colorado and, uh, I've been playing fantasy football for, let's see, this will be my 20, 24th season playing fantasy football, which is pretty crazy when you actually spell it out that way. But yes, I started, my first year was in 1996 and I have been playing every year since. So I guess I have quite a bit of uh, of experience in that realm. But yeah, so let's get into actual questions from you guys. Hopefully uh, you guys are getting ready to make waiver moves or already made waiver moves. This is kind of a nice distraction for me from having to do my own waiver moves because it's kind of ugly out there. But uh, anyway, Let's move on. It's funny. I'm actually mesmerized by these flashing lights at the top of this thing. So, all right, let's go. Uh, first question is from MG78-47. Thoughts on Gal uh, Dallas Goddard rest of season? Well, um, Dallas, well, first of all, tight end is a complete shit show. Um, and so really, if you have Dallas, you're kind of stuck with him. I hate to say that. Um, but as far as, you know... Rest of season, this is the thing, right? I think Wentz is more of a concern than Goddard actually is. I think that, you know, last week was weird. I mean, he had, I think, a 16% target share um, coming out of the bye, which is not great. Um, and for some reason, you know, Dick Rogers ended up with, with more, more output than him. But I think, I think he's fine. You know, I think even when Ertz comes back, I think he's fine. I think really the bottom line there is that tight end is, is a mess and you're really, you know, there's no one else out there that you're going to get that's going to produce more than God or even on a crappy day. So unfortunately, if you have them, you're kind of going to have to ride with them. Unless of course you, you, you know, you're in a league that still has trade. You know, I know a lot of them this week was the week and I know some go to week 12. You can try to package him with someone else to get, you know, a better tight end. But really the reality is this season that unless you have Travis Kelsey, you're screwed. You know, in years past, there's been kind of that second tier where you have, say, the Andrews and, and you know, but this year, it's just not happening. I mean, even Waller is not super dependable. You know, Kittle's gone. I mean, it, it's really a mess after Kelsey. It's like Kelsey and burn it down. So I think if you have Goddard, I think you're going to have to ride with him and hope that Wentz somehow becomes good or hope that that offense, you know, ends up clicking at some point this season. Um, and I think also, actually, hold on, before I, I think they actually have a decent rest of season schedule as far as the tight end goes. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, at 4 for 4 we have kind of a signature metric. It's schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed. So I'll probably be referring to that a lot um, in this AMA, but and it basically takes the schedule bias out of the data to where you're, you're kind of comparing teams in an apples-to-apples manner. So that's kind of how we do that. Um, and if I look at Philly here, I think, let me do a quick, so yeah, uh, actually he has a really good schedule down the stretch um, in the fantasy playoffs. I mean, for the actual championship game, they play Dallas who ranked 26th in the league in, in AFPA to tight ends. And uh, if you happen to go into week 17, they actually play the football team who ranked 25th. So he has a good schedule. So I would just stay with him. 
Um, that was a really long answer for that one question. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, number two, we're looking at doctor, not a doctor, MD. Uh, he says, the Titans offense in some facets scares me with play calling being inconsistent throughout the weeks and certain players getting their shares. Can we safely start Johnny with a tight end spot, knowing that 80% of his work is blocking with 20% being efficient tight end or TD upside? And can we start AJ Brown as a wide receiver one for his ridiculous yak and his 1.2 TD game average? Well, similar to, to Goddard above, I mean, Janu, I don't love him. I actually have him in a league and it's, it's, he's been, you know, so up and down, but I think we're kind of stuck with that. Um, he was the target leader last week. Him and Corey Davis, I believe, were both uh, both tied in targets. Um, and it was actually his greatest volume in a while, I believe, since week five or six. So that is good. However, as you said, the Titans passing attack is, is pretty sporadic. I mean, it's kind of low volume. It's kind of not low volume. Um, I think, A, like I said, I think you're stuck with Janu. I think A.J. Brown... Is is still a wide receiver one slash two, you know, or yeah, two plus, you know. I, I think let me let me look actually what um well we have him ranked as a wide receiver seven for the rest of the season. I'd put him more in the twelve to thirteen range, but I think you have to roll him out every week. I don't know how you don't. Um he's had, you know, a really good couple of weeks. Last week was bad, so we gotta kind of ignore that recency bias and um keep putting him out there. I know I will be. So hopefully, you know, let me look real quick at their playoff schedule as well, just for my own personal knowledge, too, because uh, let's see. So, yeah, they've got so, yeah. So for the championship game, they play the Packers, who are seventh against wide receivers. So that's a tough matchup. But they also play Jacksonville in week 14 and they're 25th and then they play Detroit in week 15, who are kind of in the middle of the pack. So I think either way, you know, you continue to start A.J. Brown and just hope that he's the A.J. Brown we want him to be. All right, moving on to Tart. Uh, besides Crowder, is there anyone we should be watching on the Jets for possible fantasy production? Mims hasn't seen too many targets, but his snap count was high. P. Ryan is only contending with Gornow. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really into the Jets, um, and really neither should you. I mean, I guess, I guess Perryman and Mims are, are kind of in that wide receiver four slash five range. I mean, they're desperation flex if you need them, but I think as we come down the stretch and, you know, it's kind of win or go home situation, I just don't know that those guys are going to win you anything. So, I, you know, I mean, you can stash him on your bench and hope that something happens. But at the same time, it's still the Jets offense. That's not really going to change. Okay, moving on to Terp to Andrew. If Carson Hyde remain out next week, how do you rank DJ Dallas considering Homer's, Homer's usage in the passing game last week? Um, From what I've seen, I think both of them, Carson and Hyde, may be a go this week. Um, which would be nice. If they're not, I honestly would go Alex Collins over Dallas or Homer. I mean, he kind of, you know, it seems like he took over lead back duties. Um, I still wouldn't, you know, count on him for anything major. I, I would see Collins as maybe an RB4 in that range um, if you're in, in a flex situation or if you, you're really desperate and, and most of your running backs are hurt, which a lot of them are. But, um, yeah, DJ Dallas, I think, is, is droppable. Uh, he just, you know, he had those, you know, he had two kind of, you know, boom weeks, and then they didn't use him really at all last week. And um, I, unfortunately, maybe I'm just bitter because I actually started him over Damian Harris, which I thought was the right call, and it actually cost me a game. So I'm a little bitter there. But looking at the data, you know, Alex Collins did get lead back you know, responsibilities last week. And I think that, like I said, I think Carson and Hyde are both on track to possibly be back, which would know all of that. And, you know, Alex Collins may be a change of pace guy every now and then, but he wouldn't even be startable then. All right, moving on to Wi-Fi. <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys watch Bob's Burgers, but... Teddy always says whiffy and it just makes me laugh. But anyway, um, is every starter on the Bucks offense worth a roster spot? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, every starter, yes. Now, obviously, if Antonio Brown gets suspended or some sign of, you know, something for uh, whatever he did, destroying a security camera, or I don't know. I can't even keep track of what he does, to be honest with you. But um, apparently the NFL is looking into it. So if that happens, obviously he's not. But yeah, I mean, Godwin, Evans, you know, Rojo. I mean, even I think Fournette, I, I remember I was looking earlier and I think they actually have, yeah, I mean, they have a great matchup for the fantasy championship. So, you know, even Fournette, if if you're in, in desperate need at that point, you know, they play the Lions, who are dead last in uh, AFPA to running backs. So um, I think, and I don't know what their schedule is. Let me look here ahead of that. Um, they have, let's see, oh, they have a buy. Okay, so they have a buy in week 13. So let's see, this week they play the Rams, and then KC is actually pretty soft against the run. Then they have a bye, and then they do have two tough games in, in weeks 14 and 15. But uh, I think that, you know, even even Fournette is someone that you have to hang on to and, and spot start if you need him. But uh, the rest of those guys, yeah, and Gronk, surprisingly, I was not a Gronk believer heading into the season. Um, and he, you know, he has come on late, obviously, and – you know, is I think he was tight end one this week, if I remember correctly. So that's pretty crazy. But yeah, I think they're all worth a roster spot. I mean, it's kind of scary though, because you think about two weeks ago and the Bucks were absolutely horrendous, and you're like, what if that team shows up? But I guess that's rolling the dice with fantasy anyway. Um, okay, um, Chipolopolo, um, who are some handcuffs you see yourself holding now that a lot of teams are getting their starting running backs back? Um, let's see here. I mean, I don't know if this is, well, I mean, it's a handcuff. I'm not sure how, what, what his, his roster ship is, but I think Jamal Williams is in a really good spot. He's got a, a amazing playoff schedule. So even if Aaron Jones doesn't go down and just, you know, just as a side piece there, I think that oh, side piece is the right word there, but you guys know what I mean. Um, but yeah, they have, I mean, their playoff schedule, um, is, is amazing for the run game. They are looking at, let me see who they play. I know I looked it up earlier and I was pretty excited by it. Yeah. So week 14, they play Detroit, who I just said earlier, ranks 32nd. Then they play the Panthers who are 28th and then they play the Titans who are 30th. So they play three bottom, you know, three teams, um, in, in the fantasy postseason. So Grabbing Jamal Williams, I mean, I guess even A.J. Dillon, if you really – I mean, I doubt it. He's, he still has COVID, I believe. But um, So, yeah, so that's one. Um, obviously, your standard, you know, you want Alexander Madison because you never know what's going to happen with Cook. Uh, you know, Pollard is an interesting one because he's, he's out there. And Zeke, you know, has some issues. But, you know, Dallas, their offense is a mess. So – it's tough to really justify hanging on to Pollard, but if you're in a league that has a deep enough bench, you just never know what's going to happen there. Um, one guy that's actually intriguing is in Jacksonville. Um, I believe uh, Zigbo, or however you pronounce him, I believe he's coming back, and I think he's the only other guy besides Robinson that they have. So he's someone that could kind of be intriguing that a lot of people are not talking about um, that could show up and, and – you know, put some put some points on the board for you down the stretch if if you need them. Uh, all right, and then of course the other. I mean, there's always Boston Scott. I mean, he's someone to hang on to if you know he's not sexy in any way. But the Eagles, you know, Miles Sanders is is you know he's up and down. So I think a lot of us. I mean, people that had Scott last week were pretty aggravated by that touchdown. I had him on my benches. Um, all right, I lost my place. So hold on a second. I need to find where I was. Um, oh, okay. Space Ghost Force. Uh, what game stat from this weekend most surprised you? Doesn't have to be specific. Maybe just player X got more touches than I expected. I will say that the surprise for me was J.D. McKissick was the target leader, not just the running back target leader. He was the target leader among all positions in week 10 with, I believe, 15 targets, um, which actually gives him, I believe, 29 in a two-week span. So that's pretty nuts. I mean, I was definitely a Gibson believer heading in, and I have him on a lot of my teams. Um, but it's kind of crazy to see this McKissick explosion, you know, as a pass catcher out of that backfield. It's, it's been kind of interesting to watch. So 
I think that was crazy. Um, that was probably the stat that surprised me the most. All right, moving on. 999 Morris, star five and four. Um, if the season ended today, which would be the biggest upset? If it ended today, which would be the biggest surprise? And then which defense is the most underrated, fantasy-wise? <clears throat> Excuse me, let me. Okay, biggest upset, uh, Michael Thomas. I mean, that's really not a shocker. So frustrating. I mean, for those of us out there, and there's one in every league, right, who drafted him in the first round, I mean, it's really, really difficult to come back from that. It's something, you know, it's, it's difficult to make up those points from, a, you know, you've got a guy that was a first rounder who is now, let's see, wide receiver 134 on the season. He has 4.8 half, half PPR points a game uh, when he's been in the game. I mean, that's insane. So, you know, that's definitely the biggest surprise slash upset of the season. He's been so solid year in and year out. And, you know, a lot of people invested in him heavily. I mean, a first rounder is, is someone that you expect to, you know, lead your team and put up consistent double digit points week in and week out. And uh, he's been non-existent. So I would say that's the biggest upset. The biggest surprise this season. I'm going to go with James Robinson. Um, I don't think a lot of people saw that one coming. I mean, he is a sec here. He is the RB six through the first 10 weeks. And I don't think that that's something that's, a lot of people saw coming. I mean, he's averaging, he's averaging 16 and a half half PPR points a game. He's got 148.2 total. So, you know, I think coming into the season with the Jags, no one really knew what to expect in their running game. I was actually pretty excited about Chris Thompson just because I really like him, but he was a complete failure there. But uh, yeah, James Robinson has been a nice little surprise. And I think um, maybe not the biggest, but one of the biggest for me this season. Uh, the final part of that, which defense is the most underrated fantasy-wise? Mm, how about Miami? I think, you know, Miami is, uh, I mean, obviously Miami surprised a lot of people on both sides of the ball this season. But I think defensively, they are currently fourth in fantasy points. Um, and they're only, let's see, they're only rostered in 59% of Yahoo League. So, I think, you know, they are out there for people to get, but, you know, they're quietly, like I said, putting up a, you know, fourth performance in fantasy points. And I, not a lot of people seem to be talking about it, or maybe they are and I'm missing it. But um, to me, I think they're, they're kind of underrated and kind of going quietly, you know, doing their thing. Um, okay. Let's see here. Let me check on time. I have no sense of time while I'm sitting here talking into the void. Okay. We are good. Uh, Michael Stussy, we know that Kyler is the RB1 in Arizona, but under what conditions do the real Cardinals running backs put up big numbers like in today's game? That's tough. I mean, in Arizona right now, you've got two running backs that pretty much cannibalize each other. So I, I think that for them to really have any, you know, fantasy – good big fantasy you know weeks i think it has to be a really close game in a neutral game script i think that's really their best shot you know i think if they get behind obviously kyler's going to throw if they get ahead i think it's just going to be you know kyler running kyler trying different things i you know it's tough i mean drake was someone that you know i, I was kind of high on coming into the season i like what he had shown uh, he hit, has not <laughs> lived up to that, and, and Edmonds just doesn't seem to be consistent, or, or they're not consistent with what they do with either of them. And like I said, I think they're and we're in a situation of, I don't know if we'd call it a committee or they cannibalize each other, whatever it is, but that's where we are. So I think you know what we saw this past week in a super tight game against super tight game against Buffalo that they were able to you know get some work done. I think that might be the only time they really let them do their thing um all right moving on uh i lost my <laughs> oh okay rwb 999 
Thoughts on Adam Thielen rest of season and what value do you think he would have in a trade? Adam Thielen. Uh, that Vikings offense is so tough to figure out at times. Um, I think, let me, let me check real quick. We have him. We have Adam Thielen as wide receiver 12 for the rest of the season. Um, I think that they're, the Vikings playoff schedule is not great if I remember correctly, but I'm going to look while I'm talking just to make sure. Yeah, they, they have a couple tough matchups here down the stretch, but at the same time, he's one of those players. It's not like you're going to sit him and, and, you know, you can try to trade him. Um, I think he's still kind of a fringe wide receiver one slash two for the remainder of the season. I think if you're going to try to trade him, you're going to have to find somebody that has, you know, no zero stud in the wide receiver department. You know, someone that kind of has a couple middling wide receivers that sees that name and is like, sweet, Adam Thielen, you know, and kind of going off name recognition alone and doesn't maybe necessarily see his output or see kind of the potential of what's happening or that Justin Jefferson seems to be kind of overtaking him in, in volume. So I think you can certainly throw offers out there and try to find somebody that really needs wide receiver help and just sees that name and is like, sweet. Um, but, I don't, you know, specifically, I don't know who you can possibly get for him, but I think that, you know, it is worth a shot if you're in a league that still has an open trade deadline. Uh, okay. Uh, lazy. Oh, my God, that little cat. Adorable. Okay. Is Drew Locke still viable in a Superflex league? Well, first of all, Locke is dealing with, uh, I believe, some sort of rib issue. I believe they called it severe strain and bruising of his ribs. Um, he does have a nice playoff schedule, though. So that is a plus. Um, I see him as probably like a fringe, like a, like a QB2 slash 3. So, I mean, in a Superflex, he's right on the edge. The problem is in Superflex... You know, at least the, the leagues that I'm in in Superflex, I mean, there's just no quarterbacks out there. And if, if there's somebody that – there's a body that's rolling out there to play, he's viable. So, I mean, I wouldn't drop lock in a Superflex. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be super psyched to play him either, if that makes sense. But, you know, in, in Superflex leagues, quarterbacks are scarce, you know, and it's kind of a tough – a tough game out there and I will say I learned my lesson this season in Superflex you know you kind of get cocky and everybody with the whole late round QB thing right and everyone decides to play quarterback chicken you know like oh I'll get another one I'll get another one and I'm in this uh, it's an industry league it's actually a ladies industry league it's a 14 team and Superflex and I was like oh I'm fine I'm fine you know there'll be plenty and I ended up I mean I screwed myself I ended up with Cam I think I ended up with Cam and Locke and then I was and that was it I only had two right so I didn't even have a backup and then I ended up you know luckily getting Kyle Allen off the waiver wire which helped me for a while and then he went down um I just uh I think I was able to pick up Alex Smith last week but it's ugly. So I definitely learned my lesson in Superflex moving forward to not get cocky and play quarterback chicken because uh you know it, I mean having those points from from a good quarterback there's really there's not a lot that can make up for it. I mean you can't you think you can make up for it with a stud wide receiver or whatever but it just ends up you know working out to where you can't. So um, I'm sorry I went off on a tangent there as far as Julop but I th hopefully I answered your question there before I went off a bit. Uh, let's see. Fusion FX. Thoughts on Jacob's rest of season. What do I do with him after his big game? Uh, Josh Jacobs, thumbs up, rest of season. I'm a fan. I mean, listen, running back is so volatile. So having a guy who's going to get 20-plus touches, you know, is a good thing, right? And he has a good – yeah, he's a pretty good mix of teams left where he should see decent volume. Um, for the rest of the season. So I'm a fan. I don't think you should, I mean, if you know, I don't know what you're, what you mean by thoughts, whether you're thinking of moving him or what, but um, I would say Jacobs is a top 10 back, you know, as far as rest of season, because he's going to uh, continue to see volume in that offense. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? French soup. 
What does Hollywood Brown need for him to be hashtag good? A better quarterback, a better route tree, more muscles, stilts. Jeez. You know, <laughs> it's funny. I actually wrote him, I got a lot of flack for it, but I wrote him in my drops column last week. So I was pretty psyched to see him do nothing this week. Sorry to those who started him, but, um, you know, I, I like I said earlier, I write a dead weight report uh, column every week, 4444, and Yahoo has actually picked it up this season, so they run it. So between both, both of those sites, I got a ton of people yelling at me about Marquise Brown. So I was pretty happy to see him not do anything. But no, I think that, first of all, he is good. I mean, as far as a football player and a talent, he is good. I think his O-line is not, you know, they've had a bunch of injuries, but still, I think that's, you know, a lot of the problem. I think that that offense is going to just end up being run heavy for the rest of the season. And they can't, they just can't seem to support fantasy pass catchers this year. And I think if there was one, it would be Brown, of course, but you know, I think it's just at a point where it's going to be Lamar doing Lamar and they're just going to run the ball. Um, Let me look at, their playoff schedule, I ju- you know, it's it's a bummer, like I said, because I do think he's extremely talented. But they actually have a pretty favorable schedule. But uh, I just don't think that he's going to put up enough numbers to be like a difference maker on your team, and you're going to end up super frustrated with him if you continue to start him. Uh, so I do think, though, that he is a good player. I mean, stilts I think would help anyone, but it would be really hard to run down a field in stilts. I mean, that would be – that would take, like, legit – circus you know you'd have to train a lot i can't imagine you could actually run a route and catch a ball on stilts but maybe that should be one of like the you know how they used to have the you know in the pro bowl they had all those little skills contests maybe they should do a wide receiver stilt contest that would be uh that would at least make it more fun and maybe people would actually tune in to that uh all right moving along uh Juba the tuba? I assume that's what that is, because Juba the tuba wouldn't really make sense, but maybe. I don't know. Of the Wookiee, Wookiee, of the rookie wide receivers, who has impressed you the most so far, and who do you think has the best chance of elevating their play next year? Well, look, I mean, obviously, right, Justin Jefferson and Chase Claypool are the most productive, right, this season. I believe... Let me look real quick so I don't spew out something that's not right. But, uh, yeah, I think Chase Claypool is just above. Chase Claypool is wide receiver 16 in a half PPR points a game. So he's at 13 and a half. And then Justin Jefferson is wide receiver 18 with 13, an average of 13 half PPR points a game. So those two are the most productive. However, me personally, I'm, I, I'm a fan of Michael Pittman. I think he's – I think he's super talented and I think that he's kind of just getting started in that offense. And I think as far as, I think you asked about the future, right? Yeah. Elevating the play next year. I think my own pavement is going to be the most fun to watch. Um, I don't know, you know, what they're going to do. I, I don't know if they plan on having rivers there next year. I don't, I, I don't remember if his contract was a one year or not, but um, I think future wise, that offense is pretty young and, and exciting other than of course, T Y and, uh, but, you know, in rivers, but I think they have, you know, they have young running backs, they have young tight ends. I think that offense is going to be kind of exciting. And, and Pittman, you know, really has a path to be the wide receiver one in that offense moving forward. So I like him. Um, all right. Next. Now that Christian McCaffrey, oh, sorry. M. Andrews makes me sad. Yeah. Make- Mark Andrews makes a lot of people sad. I'm sorry about that. Um, now that Christian McCaffrey has come back and gotten immediately re-injured, are we more concerned that Mike Davis will have a bigger role in the offense? Well, I think there's concern in that offense anyway, right, without Teddy and, and McCaffrey. Uh, I, you know, they, they do have a week 13 bye, so hopefully those guys can get healthy and come back. Um, but I think as far as Davis goes, I think we kind of have to temper expectations. I think he's kind of an RB three, you know, even if McCaffrey somehow doesn't come back, I think that's really where he's, where he lives. Uh, I don't think he's going to be anything super fantastic. He's, you know, worth a flex play and and whatever, if you have to, but, uh, I'm not super psyched about him rest of season. Let me see where 
our rankers have him. I'm not, uh, let's see. They have him as, as running back 29. So yeah, like I said, an RB3 uh, for the remainder of the season there. Um, next question is about Thielen, which I already answered. So I'm just going to breeze past that one. Sorry, Tyreek, Kamara, Chubb, Allen, and Waller. I, I did it. Hopefully you heard me. Um, <clears throat> let's see. <laughs> um, I already talked about the Cardinals, but I see Wookiee wide receivers, Chewbacca. Oh, Chewbacca is always the wide receiver one. And it's funny, I'm not even a Star Wars person, but I do like Chewbacca. And I had a dog that um, totally, the way she would like howl, it was very Wookiee-like. So we always called her the Wookiee. So I have kind of a, a special, listen, okay? I know you're making fun of me because I said Wookiee wide receivers, but it's hard. Rookie wide receiver, it, it doesn't, it just, it's easier to say Wookiee. But yes, Chewbacca, I would think, um, and he's super freaking tall. I mean, if he could just run around, I'm sure he'd be a stellar, elite, generational wide receiver one. Um, let's see. Moving on. Space goes forced again. Um, let's see. Teddy Bridgewater completed just one of four attempts in a 10-yard plus. Is the defense doing their job, or are we fading deep threat receivers there? You know, it's interesting. Coming into the season, I definitely wasn't super excited about DJ Moore or definitely Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, Teddy, I mean, he is a check down guy, and I feel like that's kind of where he lives. So I don't know that, you know, I think we've been pleasantly surprised with what he's done, but um, now he's kind of hurt. So if we get PJ Walker, or JP Walker, or whatever his name is, um, I'm not sure what's going to what's gonna happen with those receivers. Let me look at the, their schedule. You know, like I said, the trusty schedule. Yeah, they, uh, they do not have – they don't have nice matchups <laughs> at all uh, in the playoffs. So if you're kind of thinking about that, um, they play Green Bay and Washington in, in weeks 15 and 16 who, like I said earlier, Green Bay is seventh against wide receivers, and Washington is surprisingly fourth. Um, they allow – let me see real quick. I'm sorry. I have to open up, like, one tab that I actually don't have open. I have six million, but this one I don't. Um, they allow only – so Washington only allows – like, they're averaging 24.2 – uh, points to the wide receiver position as a whole. So that's like every, you know, every wide receiver that week and green Bay only allows 26. So, I mean, that's not great. So I think um, with Teddy a being hurt and B not being great at those deep passes. Anyway, those guys are not uh, in a great spot moving forward. Um, let's see here. Three P one C fail. That might say something more funky when you actually read it, but I can't do that right now. Um, what should we – Denver backfield now that Locke is potentially injured and they are most likely going to be playing behind every week, especially with the upcoming schedule of Dolphins, Saints, and Chiefs. Would you still hold on to MG3 despite all of this, barring no injury to Lindsay? Well, I actually – in my dead weight report, Lindsay was there this week and Melvin Gordon was there last week. So I've advised people to drop them both over the last couple of weeks. I mean, obviously it depends on your schedule, like your league and, and where you are and, and all of that. I mean, it's not a straight up like you must drop them. But I just think, like you mentioned here in the question – you know, the last however many weeks, it's the same pattern and it's the same game script. I mean, the Broncos get down early and then they count on Locke to, you know, somehow get him out of it, which worked, you know, once. But I just think their game script is going to end up being that. And it's going to end up being a lot of passes. And I think it's going to be a lot of Noah Fant and Judy. And I don't think that um, Lindsay and Gordon are just going to have a lot of work. I mean, you know, if... Obviously, as I've said a bunch in this AMA, that you know, running back is, is is kind of ugly as far as there's not a lot of guys you can count on week in and week out. So if you have a starter, hang on to him. But I just think that those guys, you know, A aren't gonna get the work and B or share the work. And I just don't um I don't think they're gonna win it win you guys any championships. So 
you know, like I said, it does depend on your specific situation. Who else is on your roster? What your record is, what you're looking, you know, but, you know, in a vacuum, I don't love either of them for the rest of the season. Um, Oh, it's a two-parter. Despite Duke's poor showing in the Houston-Cleveland game, should we account the bus performance due to weather and the Browns front seven, or can Duke not really perform in this offense despite his 94% snap count and having all the 14-14 of the carries? Basically, can we trust Duke this week against New England, or do we fade him? Duke Johnson is just someone that I, I have a hard time getting into <laughs> year in and year out. You know, I understand that Johnson, other Johnson is hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, Duke is fine against New England. New England is 22nd against the run. So it's not like they're going to, you know, they're not like it's a huge wall that they're not going to let him through. I mean, we have him, let me look, see here. John has him getting 12.1 half PPR points this week. So, I mean, like I've said, and I just said two seconds ago, I mean, with running backs, you kind of have to start a guy that's going to get the carries. So, um, you know, he's not the guy that's going to rip off an 80-yard touchdown run, but in a situation like that where you just need volume, I think he'll be fine. Um, Luigi, do you think that Michael Thomas will push better with Winston at quarterback or continue to disappoint? You know, I think that I would love for him to produce better with Winston at quarterback. You know, maybe Winston will provide some, you know, a fresh, you know, whatever, you know, jolt to this offense. You know, Jameis is, Jameis is, (laughs) Jameis is Jameis. I mean, listen, I won a championship last year with Jameis, so I will always defend Jameis from a fantasy perspective. But we know what you get with Jameis, right? He's going to make a lot of bad decisions. He's going to throw a lot of picks. He's also going to throw a lot of deep balls and a lot of crazy plays. So, you know, this could be something that could, you know, jumpstart this offense and hopefully Thomas produces, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough. He's not producing. Emmanuel Sanders isn't producing. I mean, basically their pass catchers are not producing. I mean, on the ground, they're doing fine. I mean, sh- I mean, Lamar, Lamar, I'm not Lamar, Latavius Murray, like I've had, I've actually had to start him a couple times and he actually puts up numbers even with Kamara in the game. So I think that, you know, it's one of those things where we hope that it provides some kind of spark and, you know, but Jameis, you just, you know, you don't know what Jameis you're going to get from week to week. And that's a tough thing. But Thomas is also the kind of guy that it's really difficult to a drop or be bench. I mean, he's, you know, you drafted him in the first round and it's really, really difficult um, for people mentally to kind of let that go. And so, you know, let's hope that he, that he shows up. You know, I know some of the stuff that was going on wasn't even like, I mean, he was injured and then there was that weird like fight he had, I don't know, just bizarre, bizarre behavior, but you know, maybe Jameis will rein it all in and it'll be somewhere. And the thing is also with them, um, I don't have the data. I did. I actually did some research this summer on this. You know, the the Saints always produce, you know, at home at the end of the season, like ridiculous numbers. And I know they have in weeks 15 and 16, they play at home and they outscore uh, the last couple seasons. They, they put up a ridiculous amount of points. They just throttle their opponents in the dome at home at the end of the season. <clears throat> I wish I had those numbers that I looked up this summer, but I went back years and it was just this weird, crazy thing. So, and now that was of course with Drew Brees. I don't know if that's going to apply with Jameis, but at least it's something, you know, we can possibly look forward to there that that could happen. Okay. <clears throat> Let me do a little time check here. All right. Um, is Gus a viable flex rest of season with the Ravens schedule? Uh, I believe so. Uh, the gut, yeah. I mean, bring it. The, their last two games, you know, I've been looking. I know you guys are saying rest of season, and there are a bunch of games in between, but my brain is kind of in playoff mode right now because that's really what we need to be thinking about. Um, and so their final, you know, weeks 15 and 16 of the season, they have great matchups. They play Jacksonville and, and the Giants. So, you know, I think, like I said earlier, when we're talking about Marquise Brown, I think that that offense is just going to run the ball for the rest of the season. So um, between Dobbins and Edwards, I think they are both viable um, guys to start, you know, because I think that they'll, they'll end up putting up points. 
And like I said, they have two really good matchups at the end, which, you know, if you have him in your flex those last two weeks, it might be a, a, a you know, a difference maker there. Um, MT and J-Rob rest of season. Don't really know what you're asking there, but uh, I've kind of covered both of them. So I'm just going to move on there. Um, real good. Do you like the Dolphins defense sneaky pick? Yes, I already said that. I'm totally down with the Dolphins. They're they're not, you know, I think I said they're they're 59% rostered on Yahoo. I don't know about the other leagues. So, you know, they're not exactly out there in too, in too many, but they are out there. And I think they, you know, like I said, they, they're right now, they're the fourth, they have the fourth most fantasy points for defenses. Um, and no one's really talking about that. So if you can grab them, yeah. And same with, and I know, <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel. And you guys, most of you probably don't know me in that way, but I am, I'm a huge kicker advocate. I'm all about kickers. So while we're on that note, uh, Sanders is, is a great pickup for the rest of the season. If you're looking to do that, he has a great schedule. He's actually been perfect this season in kicks. And uh, he is someone that, that I've been recommending people. And, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on kicker because I know most people hate them. So if any of you guys have kicker questions or care about kickers, feel free to hit me up I'm on Twitter. I'm at the Monday mommy. I, I love kickers. I think they're uh, a really good way to differentiate yourself from the other people in your league that don't care about kickers or have decided to jump on the, I hate kicker bandwagon just because they think it's cool. But when you actually look at kickers and you do the research, it's a great way to get extra points uh, over your opponents who don't care. So that, that will end my kicker tirade rant. But if, if you have any questions, and like I said, I do write a kicker article every week on 444, uh, which goes over my top plays for the week. Um, what are your thoughts on the return of Rashad Penny? I mean, uh, Penny, this this summer I was all, he was a great, I was grabbing him in the last rounds of best ball drafts. I was so excited about Penny. And then he just, you know, he, he got hurt and disappeared. And now the backfield, there's just so many people there. I mean, I kind of honestly forgot about Penny until I just read this. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would, I don't want him to come back. There's too much going on there. Um, but if he does come back, I mean, I guess help, you know, I would assume he would slot in above Hyde and kind of be the change of pace back to Carson. But uh, I'm not sure when he's supposed to come back or any of that. I haven't really looked into Penny. I, like I said, I kind of forgot about him until right now. Um, let's see. Considering the Steelers' season thus far, should we try to own more of the offense wide receiver core? I mean, sure. You know, I mean, listen, they're undefeated. I don't know if they really should be, but they are undefeated, and they seem to be playing well. The problem is it's kind of different guys each week. You know, you've got Juju, you've got Deontay Johnson, and you've got Claypool, and even James Washington gets in there every now and then. So it's tough to really predict what's going to happen there. And then the the run game hasn't been great. I mean, I'm not sure exactly where Connor – let me see, actually. Where is Connor? Oh, he's way down here. So Connor is wide receiver – or, I mean, running back 21 on the season in fantasy points. He's averaging just 12.2 half PPR uh, points a game here. So uh, that's, that's pretty disappointing for people. I believe he was a, he was like a fourth rounder at one point. And then as it got closer to draft season, he was sneaking into like second, you know, late second round, early third. Um, so that's kind of brutal, but uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I wouldn't, you know, steer you away from, from, you know, from, from collecting more Steelers. Um, I think Ebron's a great little steal in the uh, – not steal, but add in, you know, the tight end department. Um, I think a lot of people have caught on to that, though. But I know earlier in the season you could – I mean, he was free. He was everywhere, and everyone kind of laughed at him um, as far as a legit tight end, you know, prospect. But he's – let me see actually where <clears throat> where he actually is because, you know, he's one of those guys that – might kind of be out there. It is a, kind of a, a cheaper way to get a piece of that offense. Uh, so, yeah, Ebron's averaging about 7 points, 7.1 points a contest. So, you know, he's had up and down weeks. He's had a couple weeks of double digits, and then he's had a couple you – know, last week he only scored 4.8. So, um, but I believe he is – let me see. 
this is super exciting for you guys while I'm flipping around my, um, oh, he, wow, he's actually rostered by 79% of people. So yeah, he's not even all day out there anymore. Um, okay, let's see here. Um, I will do that, Space Ghost Force. I'm going to, all right, I have 15, I just got the 15 minute warning. So I'm gonna scroll down and see if there's anything uh, that I have not answered yet. Is Jacoby Myers the real deal? I thought he looked better than Harry in camp last season. He's finally being given an opportunity to start. I mean, listen, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's the real deal, but in that offense right now, you know, he's one of the few pieces that I would, I would have, uh, you know, I mean, Harry, you know, obviously they have no tight end. Harry is, is not fantasy relevant. The running back situation is, is super duper frustrating. You know, I, I mean, Usually, you know, it's funny. Usually you can always count on James White, right? He's a PPR darling. He's someone you can always count on. And this year you can't. And so, I mean, it, as far as that offense is concerned, got Cam in, you know, in a super flex situation. I, I wouldn't start Cam, you know, in a standard 12-team, 1QB league. In a super flex, well, Cam's going to run one in, you know, every week. And he's going to do – but, yeah, I mean, I think Myers is somebody – that is, um, I don't know if he's necessarily the real deal, but in that offense, he's pretty much the only guy I would I would take um, in that receiving core, I should say. Um, rookie already did that. Um, the Bears' offense a mess. Would you consider starting Mitchell Trubisky in Superflex League if he ends up as a starter in Week Twelve? Ugh, I mean, I guess. You know, I kind of discussed touched on this a little earlier with Superflex. They're really bare. I mean, if you're in a good Superflex of people that care and pay attention, the quarterback cupboard, you know, is super, super bare. So it's pretty gross, and I would hold my nose. But, yeah, I mean, I guess he's not. Let me look at their playoff schedule here to see if maybe – yeah, they do play Jacksonville for the championship game. So if you do get down there and, and you have Trubisky, it may not be such a bad idea to, to use him there uh, in Superflex. Um, what else we got? Um, do I have streamers I'm looking at for the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked about that pretty much for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> I feel like I've talked a lot about the playoffs and hopefully – you guys are cool with that, but that's kind of where my brain is right now. Um, let me see what else. I'm just trying to scroll down here and look for anything that I have not answered yet. Um, do I believe Gaskin will get his main role back when he returns? I do. I, I believe he showed enough before he got hurt, and I don't know that these guys, you know, right now we've got that committee going with, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think he should. Get it back when he returns. And I think he's pretty close, right? Maybe this week or next. I mean, it was just, a, I think, an ankle. Or maybe, I'm not sure. But um, let's see. Um, this one, please. Oh, okay. Um, Space Ghost Force. Which predictions did you make preseason that was your absolute worst? Um, Let me think. There's definitely a few. Um, my absolute worst. Let me think. Um... I don't know if it's necessarily a prediction, but there's a few guys that I was pretty high on that have just not panned out. Like we're talking, you know, A-Rob. I mean, we all sit here and talk about how, you know, coming into the season, he was super, you know, quarterback proof and all that. And we're seeing that that's not really the case. I think him and I think uh, Robert Woods was another guy that just hasn't really panned out too to really what we thought he would be, you know, and I invested a lot of like third and fourth round in, in both of those guys on a lot of teams. Um, and so that, and then of course you just typed in James White, which, yeah, I mean, I, I like James White a lot. And I also touched on this earlier, Chris Thompson. Now, granted it wasn't, it didn't cost me that much in value because he was a late round guy anyway, but he was a total like disaster. He just didn't, he didn't, I really thought he would be a great, you know, PPR guy, especially because there wasn't a lot in that backfield. Like we had Fournette, right. Which we knew 
that Jacksonville didn't like. You know, they weren't into him. They tried to trade him. They didn't want him. So we knew that wasn't the case. So I was like, oh, Chris Thompson's going to totally eat. Um, and he did not. So that was a bummer. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? I've got about... Oh, well, there's a lot more here. Let me back up. Um, my thoughts on Tannehill rest of season. I think Tannehill is going to be fine. I think he's a top 10 guy. I think, you know, like I said earlier, that offense is kind of strangely sporadic, but at the same time when they're on, they're on. And I think he'll do enough um, to get you through. I mean, he's not, I don't know that he's going to put up monster numbers for you, but I think, you know, I think he's probably, you know, quarterback, you know, 10, 11, something like that for rest of season. So I would still start him in a, in a standard, you know, 12 team league. Um, are there any other writers or analysts that you enjoy reading or listening to? You know, it's interesting. I, I wish I had time. I honestly don't, you know, I really, I know that sounds crazy, but because like during the season, my schedule is so compact. And so like, for example, I had, uh, I had four articles due this morning by like 11 AM. Um, and then I had to edit another, I think four or five, you know, all before noon today. So it's one of those things like when I'm done, I'm done. And I don't, I don't listen to anything or I don't read anything. Um, but you know, during the off season, I do like to listen to some podcasts and stuff, but, um, Unfortunately, I don't really have a solid answer for that because I really i am one of those people, you know, it's funny. Everyone always laughs at me that, you know, I've been a fantasy football player for this long and I work full time in the industry and I don't play dynasty and people think that's absolutely crazy. But the reality is I need a break, you know, and so at the end of the season, you know, when, when Super Bowl is over and I can finally breathe and then I see my Twitter feed is everyone talking about trades and I'm like, oh my God, you people, I don't know how you do it. Like my brain is mush at the end of the season and I need to kind of decompress and like not deal with football for, you know, a month. And then I, you know, I come back. I mean, we start back up in March, April, um, creating content again. So it's not like it's a huge break, but uh, even during the season, I just find myself not not wanting to listen or read anything else other than my own, um, what I put out. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, is the, Oh, this one. Okay. Real good. Is the Chubb hunt combo a must roll out every week? If you own them, I'd say so. I mean, I don't know how you don't, you know, I think both of them have standalone value. I think both of them, I mean, if you have both of them, that's fantastic. Uh, let me look at their, schedule just to kind of confer uh yeah they've got you know and, and they also have a great schedule on the stretch i mean we're looking at ah, that's a dream <laughs> they get the giants in week 15 and the jets in week 16 i mean if you have both of them yeah i mean championship right there that's phenomenal i'm jealous if you have both of them i uh it's frustrating because I love, you know, I went to the University of Georgia, so I love Nick Chubb. I've loved Nick Chubb from, since when he was in college all the way through. And his price tag was so, like, hefty this season that I just didn't end up getting him. I kind of, in a lot of leagues, I ended up kind of in the back end of drafts. And so I always decided to kind of go, you know, zero RB type or whatever. And, and I, do, I just don't have a lot of Chubb, which is a bummer because I do love him and and I'm psyched to see him doing well. And I'm happy that he's back. And Hunt is, you know, Hunt's one of those people that, you know, for moral things, I don't love having him. But I did draft him. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do have him. And I think that they're, yeah, they're, they're a great combo to have uh, moving forward for sure. Um, ooh, a kicker question um, from Moncal. People seem to be hyping up Koo. But his easy schedule is coming to an end. It's a time to switch gears. You know, it's funny that you say that because I actually uh, crafted a tweet earlier today that I, I ended up deleting. But yeah, I'm not on this coup train that everyone else is all hyped up about. Like, I just think there's a, I think there's better, better kickers um, that have better schedules coming down. I mean, I think coup's fine. You know, I certainly, if you have him and you want to roll with him, that's fine. But I think, like I said earlier, there's guys like Sanders. I know Crosby has a really good rest of season schedule. Um, let me see. 
with I'll throw a couple other guys out there for you guys. Um, you know, even even Four Bath, you know, has a pretty nice schedule. Robbie Gould has a good schedule. Parky, I mean, there's a lot of players coming down the stretch that that are you know Parky, like I just said with uh, with you know Hunt and um, Chubb. You know, you're looking at the Giants and the Jets the last two games of the season. I mean, the Browns are going to score points. So, you know, even Cairo Santos has a good end-of-season schedule. So, I mean, I just – I'm not sure why everyone's in love with Koo. I mean, let me look and see. Like, as far as the season goes, I mean, he's not even – he's – yeah, he's the, he has the six most, most points um, as far as – you know, so, so far through 10 weeks – you know, Daniel Carlson, Tyler Bass, Sanders, Suckup, and Graham Gano all have more points than him. So I'm not sure where this coup love um, stems from, but I mean, I think he's fine. But I think the Falcons, they just don't score as many points as they usually do. So, I, I mean, maybe that's why people were super hyped on him. But I think you know, there, there's a lot of other guys that are good. I mean, Boswell, you know, I would take him, uh, you know, for this week. You know, Mike Badgley has a great matchup this week. But, of course, it's always whoever plays the Jets. Um, Jason Myers has a great matchup this week. So there's a lot of good guys there. Um, let's see. Um, do you sack kickers in defense? Um, no. I mean, not in – not necessarily, but I don't see why not. I mean, I don't know. I guess that would make sense because um, you want kickers – you know, on teams that are going to score a lot of points, you want uh, kickers on teams with, you know, high team or high implied team totals and uh, favored. So, I mean, I guess that would make sense. I don't know if you have the luxury of doing that, you know, in redraft leagues, it's probably pretty tough to be able to get both in that same week, but I don't see why not. I mean, the strategy makes sense, you know, considering the process for kickers and the process for defense. So it makes sense if you can do it. Um, is Carlson a must roll out for the season considering they, I love all these kicker questions. <laughs> um, is Carlson a must roll out for the season considering they play indoors? Yeah. I mean, I like Carlson. I think this week, um, he doesn't have a great matchup. I mean, they're playing Kansas city. So, you know, I think that might be a little tougher for him to get, uh, some chances with his leg, but I think the rest of the season, you know, he plays, uh, there he's got two two away games in weeks twelve and thirteen, and then he's home for fourteen through sixteen. So, and like I said, he is the number one kicker scoring wise. He has ninety five fantasy points uh, ahead of Tyler Bass, who has ninety four. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of Carlson in that, which is crazy because coming into the season, I, I would not have suspected that the Raiders would put up enough points to have a viable streaming kicker every week, but they do. Um. All right, so I guess this maybe well we'll see. Uh, Space Ghost Four says favorite league format, size, scoring, and any special tweaks you'd recommend to your vanilla leagues. I love, uh, I love. You know, I, I have to say Superflex. I mean, I think standard is is super. It just gets boring because you know quarterback wise, it's like there's always twelve quarterbacks that are going to be fine. I think Superflex is when it starts to get tricky and you have to make those decisions. Um, I think half PPR for me is kind of the sweet spot that um, helps, you know. And I think, as I said earlier, I'm all about having kickers in D. I know a lot of people don't, but I think it, it's a really nice way to kind of differentiate. And listen, at this point, and and I know like last week there was some stat that was being thrown around that like five kickers or something outscored like most of the tight ends. So, you know, if you're going to have a tight end, you might as well have a kicker because they're just as, you know, random and I use air quotes there because I don't think kickers are random at all, but most people do. So um I do like both of those. I mean defense to be honest with you, I could do without defense. I mean I don't love it, but um you know it, it it's one of those things if you're gonna yeah I'm I'm fine with it if you have them. Um all right we are done but I do have one more because it is about Rodrigo Blankenship who's like my favorite player ever. So uh what about Rodrigo Blankenship? How would you say he is for the playoffs? I do love Rodrigo. Like I said, I'm a UGA alum, so I've been watching Rodrigo for like five years. And, and I was super psyched when he was coming into the league. And I was super bummed when he didn't get drafted, but I knew he would still end up in a spot. So um, I do love Rodrigo. Um, rest of season, I think he's fine. I think he's a top five guy rest of season. I mean, I have him on like three teams, and I'm going to continue there. 
Um, I think I'm done here. Um, Space Ghost Force is calling for end of questions. Um, and as far as uh, me, I mean, thank you guys so much for, for listening to me speak into the void for an hour. Um, I had a great time. Hopefully I, I answered your questions to, to, you know, the extent that you wanted me to. Um, you can find me, first of all, you can find me on Twitter at the Monday mommy and I'm always around. Um, I, I try my best to answer questions. I mean, throw anything at me, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and then, um, on four for four, like I said, I have a bunch of different articles that come out every week. And also, uh, Yahoo has picked up my dead weight report. So that's there, um, for free. If you guys are not four for four subscribers, um, on, uh, Tuesday mornings. And then there's also another free article that I do on Wednesdays, which is the, uh, the pick em and survivor pool. Um, and I actually went four and L this week or week 10 in my, in my pick em. So that's kind of exciting as well. But anyway, um, I hope you guys, uh, have a good night doing your waivers and, uh, I had a good time and I will see you guys, I guess, out there in the world. Thank you guys so much. Mm -hmm.